Now, uh, the kind of the next tool in your toolbox would be if you have any beneficiary that has special needs, anyone that's receiving Medicaid, Social Security, SSI, any sort of public benefits, it's really important that you do proper planning for them in your estate planning documents as well. So what that planning could include is it could be a supplemental needs trust, or we'll talk here in a little bit about the Pennsylvania ABLE account. Those are all options where you can still provide for the beneficiary so they can still receive a third of your estate or $50,000, whatever you would wanna leave them. But it's set up in this separate fund where it can be used for their benefit, but it really isn't accountable asset for any of those public benefits that they might be receiving. Because SSI, Medicaid, all of that is going, their eligibility is gonna be determined on their income and their assets. So if you leave them a lump sum of money outright in your will, that's really going to kick them off of those benefits and make them ineligible. And nobody wants to see that happen, especially with Medicaid, where they're relying on that to pay their medical expenses. So with a special needs trust, there are really three different options in Pennsylvania. So the most often type that we see is where a third party is really setting this up for the individual. So if you wanna provide for someone in your will and they're on benefits, you would look at setting up a third party special needs trust. And what it means by third parties, it just means it's not the, the individual's asset, it's your asset. And because of this, it actually has an extra layer of protection. So you can actually say, you know, if that disabled individual passes away, whatever's left in that trust can go to the next person in line. You can designate that. Nothing has to be paid back to the state of Pennsylvania. Nothing has to go back to their benefits. You can really fully control that if that person passes away early or passes away, who, who you wanna receive those assets after that individual. Now on the flip side of that is say you haven't done any planning, that individual gets $50,000 and they come to us and they say, hey, what can I do? The option for them is really a first party trust. So under the Medicaid and social security rules, they do allow individuals that receive this lump sum of money to set up their own trust where they can transfer that asset and put it into that trust. They can still receive benefits. Um, the only catch of this is because it is their money and they allow this exemption, anything that's left in that trust when the individual passes away has to be paid back to the state of Pennsylvania. Okay, so they're saying we're letting you use this during your life, but if there's anything left over, we want reimbursed for what we paid for during your lifetime. So that's why it's always better to do the third party trust if you're leaving something to an individual because it's protected from ever having to go back to the state of Pennsylvania. Whereas if you leave it to chance whenever you pass away and they have to set it up, it doesn't have that same protection. The same with a pooled trust. So a pooled trust is really um, through an institution. We work a lot with um, a company called Achieva. And what they do is they really pool the funds together into a common investment. So it's really for smaller amounts if you're looking to protect maybe 5,000 or, or something small where you wanna still invest it and get some, some return on that. Um, but that's also an option. And really we only use it for individuals um, where it's their money. Okay, so they're coming to us, they already received a lump sum, they wanna protect it. That's really works the same as a first party trust. And then the other option is what's called the ABLE Act. So this is a really good law that was passed recently where it allows um, a disabled individual to actually set up their own account. So it gives them a little bit more control of how to manage it, what they can spend it on. They get something like a, a debit card that they can use for expenses. 
Um, so anyone who was disabled prior to the age of 26, so it does have to be a disability that occurred before 26, but if that occurred, they can actually be eligible to set up this account, transfer some of their funds into that account, and it is owned by them. So they can manage it. They don't have to go through a trustee or a bank or anyone else to manage that for them. Um, and you know, sometimes we run into where the individual might not be able to manage it for themselves. So the good news is it can also be managed by a parent. You know, if you have a guardianship or a legal guardian, power of attorney, they can still manage that account on the disabled individual's behalf as well. Now there are some caps on how much can be contributed to this type of account each year. So there, it, it's, it's up to the IRS annual exclusion that we talked about earlier, that gift exclusion. So it's only $15,000 per year. So again, if you have a large inheritance, this wouldn't be an option because it's only 15,000 a year. And the account can only have $100,000 in it and still be qualified for SSI benefits. So if um, the account accumulates and it has more than that, it does temporarily disqualify them from SSI, um, but they can spend it down or other things to, to get it back down under that $100,000 limit. And they can really use the account for anything that they would need, as long as it's a, a, a qualified disability expense. So if they would need it for housing or clothing, a vacation, anything like that, they can use the account for, because it's really their money at that point. 